0: me careful what you put on your feet once it lived on Tuesday for a hamburger today. He would gladly pay you Tuesday for a hamburger today.
1: And now it's time to sit back and enjoy the two true freaks Every internet day. radio broadcast. Out, out.
0: The Vault of Startling Monster Horror Tales of Terror! (laughs) Hello, Hungry Hungry Horror Hippos! You know that saying? No one wants to see how the sausage is made. Well, I'm here with a movie that proves that this is flat-out bullshit. My friends, I present Motel Hell, a wholesome film about family, farming, and friendship. And, if you're really lucky, there might be a little long pig on the way.
1: Hello, everyone, and welcome to the vault of startling monster horror tales of terror. I am one of your co-hosts, Mr. Luke Giaconetti. would like to thank everyone for downloading and listening to the show. But uh, I'm not the only guest here tonight. In fact, there's several guests all checked in to this particular establishment. And right to left across your podcast dial, I have my brother, Mr. Jason Giaconetti. Meat's meat, and a man's gotta eat. This is very true. This is very true. Also checked in right down the hall is my good friend, the hair metal hero, Chris Tyler. Edith, let me up. Let's get greasy. <laughs> <laughs> uh, struck a little close to home for Hero, I'm sure. And then uh, <laughs> uh, in the room catty corner from, uh, from that Chris is that other Chris, Two True Freaks OG Chris Honeywell.
2: Do you think I'm doing this just for the fun?
1: <laughs> the line I was going to use Was going to be He's going to so be many. my old man Get it?
2: Or so, uh, <laughs> These reds are too strong We better find a place to crash
1: <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> Move, or, move she your She sure assets. liked
2: that old dog
1: Yep Move so your assets that dog Just like awesome. a hog uh, So if you can't tell what we're talking about What are you even doing here? Folks, okay, so set your way back, machine, all the way to 1980, and we are gonna check on in to Motel Hell, directed by Kevin Connor, starring Rory Calhoun, Nancy Parsons, and Nina Axelrod. Yes, that Rory Calhoun, and uh, this one is uh, our horror wreck hanger on because I definitely remember seeing. The old silver box MGA United Artists home video VHS of Motel Hell, with uh, with Vincent and Ida standing there like American Gothic, with all the heads planted in the ground in front of them have had no idea what the hell it was about, but uh, I just the name the name rhyming always kind of stuck with me, and this was one that uh, that this was. Not going to bury the lead. This was a this was a whole lot of fun. So, anyone else have any memories of of a VHS or back in the day memories of uh, Motel Hell?
2: No, I've always always been a point of shame for me. I've always been aware of its presence and that it was really good and that it was like you know sort of like heads and shoulders or just head and neck really with this movie above the other ones. <laughs> and uh, and I've always and, and I mean the subject matter, the the tone of it, it's always been, and I've just never see, for some reason I thought ah, I just know I I sort of know what I, to expect from that movie or whatever, and uh, and I, like I thought it was put out in like 1990, I did not know this came out in 1980. Mm. It's so far ahead of its time, but I remember I've seen I I must have been seeing it in the VHS shelves, but not right it wasn't until college till i start that i started you know hearing that i should see this movie
3: you know what you know i find crazy i never put two and two together um that i literally had the director of this movie i have seen so many of his other movies um and i never even thought about the fact that this was the same guy who did this who did motel hell um
1: Yeah. Yeah, yeah kevin connor is the director actually What's funny is that he's English. He was born in King's Cross, yeah. London, but was, was based yep. in the United States. Yeah, um, Did a bunch of stuff, uh, like, with Amicus, because he did In yeah. the Time for God, did At the Earth's Core, People of the Time Forgot, Warlords of Adventure. Um, Warlords of the Deep, yeah. Warlords of the Deep, that's what it was at. Um No, Warlords of Atlantis, that's what it is, not Warlords of
3: the Deep. But, no, Warlords you know, of the Deep, 1978. He did that. He did them both. There you go. There you go. How many Warlords movies? Do you that's mean? a lot of Warlords. The right. Warlords of the deep is because they were trying to do Warlords of the deep is the one that was for Amicus. Warlords of Atlantis, is, I think, is this guy. Um, but yeah, yeah, it's just easy to think like he did all those right before Motel Hell, and no, then okay. and, and then Wards you of get
1: Atla- of Atlantis is just like at the it stars Doug McClure,
3: just like at the Earth's Core stars Doug McClure. I'm so pretty he's got sure that connection that. going on too. Yeah. Uh, anyway, but then, like, then I get to like more recent stuff, right? Like, recent, like, into like the later 2000s. Uh, a Christmas Kiss, too. I think I've seen that. Because, um, you know, that's what happens when you start having people come on and start directing like uh, Hallmark movies. That's definitely a Hallmark movie. And The Cookie Mobster, uh, sounds familiar as well. Um, but yeah, those are from the mid 2010s. Anyway. But yeah, Motel Hell, 100% is a, uh, um, a a movie that you would have seen on, uh, if you went to a mom and pop video store, there was a copy on every friggin' shelf, um, you know, kind of thing, like every every mom and pop store had had this movie at least once, because why? It did really probably, re- <clears throat> excuse me, it probably did really well in rentals, because the cover looks crazy enough where people are like, ah, oh, let's give it a shot and rent it, and it's a good movie. And then you're like, okay, like it's just one of the movies that kind of kept going and going and going. Um, I know when I was mentioning from my buddy, um, who's, you know, he grew up in the, uh, um, his family grew up in a restaurant business. He was, he had comic book stores and whatever kind of, he's like, I remember that movie. Remember always being on the shelf in the video store. Like it's one of those things just kind of was always there. So
2: it had a reputation. I know a lot of people who like watched it many, you know, people were talking about it. Like, as a, you know, as a, as a, as as being this over the top movie, and I imagine pulling up the, the box and reading the back and the story for, you know, for the right kind of. I mean, it's got a little bit of Texas Chainsaw Massacre. It's got a little bit of, uh, oh, what is it? Eating Raoul, you know, with the swingers and stuff like that. So it's just got and Rory Calhoun. It's like, okay, let's see what <laughs> well, we're and. <laughs> And I mean, this has got to be like kind of a part, like role of a lifetime for Rory Calhoun as far as like an interest, instead of just like a, you know, a, a, a singing cowboy or, you know, a, a, the whatever, you know, price stereotypical roles he used to were wear, for a character actor. This is like, this is just, you get to chew the scenery, you get to be like completely crazy and have like weird motivations and live with your sister and stuff it's just you know there's just so much fun to be had with the his he, he and he and the sister those roles are just so juicy oh yeah for for fun and they and they are both really good actors especially character actors and they they put a lot of layers to it like the sister could have been just sort of a scenery chewing bad guy but they they you know, they give her they give her a little you know, they give her a little bit of brain, you know. It's it's really good.
1: What what's funny just real quick about, about Roy Calhoun is after he did this, he would go on a few years later, he plays the same character in both Angel and Avenging Angel. <laughs> I think he plays Cowboy Kit, if I'm remembering my my Angel movies correctly, and that there's a chance I've got that wrong. But I just think it's great that he's in he he actually comes back between the two angel movies. And then a few years after that, he's in Hell Comes to Frogtown. Well that's the most They're, important uh, film of all time. So Yes. <laughs> that's the thesis. that's my thesis. This is my it's thesis, a... man. <laughs> the, the so cave. I I do I, I must say, so the thing with Motel Hell and the thing about really any type of movie that uses or story that uses this trope and we're not we're full spoilers here okay the idea of using human flesh instead of you know some type of livestock to to make your meat product the question i always ask is and i and i wrote this note down is human really more cost effective than pig or cattle right that's always the question it's like is it really easier to to make human taste palatable than it is to raise animals that have been that are this is what they're here for is to be livestock and i love the fact that this film completely sidesteps that because <laughs> it's not that he's doing this for money he's doing this because this is this is his this is his legacy he's going to save the planet there's not enough food to eat and there's too many people and he's yeah. solving both problems at once it's that it's a and- beautiful down-home wisdom and from it's from Greenville, because... which which cracked me the hell up considering where I I, live. I was wondering if you get gonna... <laughs>
2: this. Is it's clearly not... not
1: the same Greenville. I'm just putting that out there, but
2: it's, it's it's not because his meat is people, it's because it's got the right proportion of people in it, right? Oh.
1: <laughs> He's a craftsman, yes, <laughs> exactly. He does it he... for flavor,
2: yes, it's no, not yes,
1: because it's cheaper. He does it for flavor, which as, i love. as someone who
2: works at a restaurant, <laughs> I understand that aspect of him, you know.
1: Yeah, and he's got all
2: sorts of stuff going on for, with him. He's like, he's he's got like a little religious streak in him. But I love. It reminds me of uh, Tourist Trap, which is which yeah. is a way lower budget, but it has like Chuck Connors, someone who usually plays a good guy in Western movies, and he just comes off as the jovial, you know, good. You know country you know good natured, simple country farmer, well, he is a, he's runs a sideshow you know off the road attraction or something. but still, that same sort of salt of the earth character who's just sort of very friendly and and open and and that's what what, what he's playing it, because he he's, doesn't feel any guilt for for farming the humans. He's just jolly about it. And so he doesn't yeah. come off as being guilty of anything. He comes off as just being this kindly kindly but quirky old farmer, and nobody's gonna question much because they don't they want the meat to keep coming.
1: <laughs> 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 <laughs>
2: but like this came out and I was before we were doing this, like I was talking talking to hero. I'm like, this came out when I was watching like Empire Strikes back. I like this is like. This is like the forerunner of like Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2 and oh, uh, yeah. and uh um Evil Dead 2 and where that that that, thing, that 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 place where it goes over the top you know right yeah. around the 90s you know in like 88 to 90 it starts happening where people were very humorous and like over the top and just le- and lean in, leaning into as many ridiculous different um uh, Return of the Living Dead was another one. Well Return of the Living Dead was later on in the 80s. It was a little further ahead or less ahead than this. But th- I always thought this movie came out around 1990. I like just by the look of it, the way it's filmed, it's su- the it's subject matter, you know, a more uh, a more, you know, sort of humorous take on Texas chainsaw massacre. I mean, there's even chainsaws in there. And yes. you know, there's a, it's a family and, and
1: you know, and I, and I don't get to say this often, but you no know, shout out to the grind bin saw you hack because there's Vincent wearing the pig head years and years before any of Jigsaw did that. Right. So there you go. But,
2: <laughs> <laughs> and, it, and it just perfectly rides that line of between comedy and, and horror, you know, cause mm-hmm. it's, it's funny But then, they're, you know, when their feet, when, when, when it's, it's, it's that great, like horrific and hilarious when they go into the, you know, into their garden and just all the heads start waggling and
0: going. (laughs) It's
2: ridiculous, but it's also, then you think about it for 10 seconds. It's like, yee, Jesus.
1: (laughs) The thing is also, it's, to me, it's kind of fascinating because, so this was written by robert and Stephen charles jaffe and they're you know uh, robert jaffe has uh you know he wrote this he wrote a few other um you know uh, uh you know other horror movies and stuff like that they're him and his brother but it it's it's well thought out you know we always say with a you know sign of a good screenplay is it, it answers the well what about question and the what if question mm-hmm. and this does it's not just oh we're killing people and we're we're smoking them it's like no they're they're it, it they 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 handle it like you would expect farmers to handle it, right? What do you do? You you plant them, you cultivate them, you grow them, and then you harvest them. And it and everything is thought out. This is not some new idea. They've been doing this for how many years? It's just routine for them. So I, I do like that it does kind of answer some of those questions and it does it and it shows you, right? It shows you them doing it because it's nothing to Vincent and Ida. This is not anything new, this is routine. We see them going through it, and it's a practiced thing for them, right? It's not concocting something else or whatever. So I I do love the parts, that like you say, in the garden, where it's just, you know, this is what we do. Okay, we got to go well, tend the garden now.
2: He's just sort of going about his business. I think Ida had a little bit of awareness that what she was doing was kind of, like, bad or transgressive or something. and She liked it. She got a little bit, yes. you know, she got a little bit of, like, you know, she she like was kind of violent. You know, she wrestle around their brother when he'd come in. You know, when when the sheriff would come in and stuff. And and they they but they didn't play her off to be like the muscle. I always thought she would be like the muscle in the in the movie, but she's just like a, a character. But yeah, she definitely is in. Like, it's a little more twisted joy out of. She's like singing a little song, and he's just sort of like. Going about his work, and he's getting joy out of it too. But he's getting wholesome joy out of it because right. he's even more insane. <laughs>
1: it's it's you know it's it's that joy that that you know a, a farmer gets from cultivating well and eating something.
2: Yeah, you know? job, job done. well it's done. Art.
1: Exactly.
2: It's not just my job; it's my art in my life, and I do it with joy. <laughs>
1: Nancy Parsons as as Ida. She she is great in this. She she looks like she's just having an absolute ball in this movie. You know? I've never
0: seen her in anything that she's been in, whether it's Star Trek or Porky's or, or this, where she she genuinely seems to enjoy doing what she's doing. Yeah, she's
2: one of the greatest face actors. She's got she she puts it right on her face, you know, like she like especially when she gets like her big thing is like steely eyed reserve. So, like clamp her jaw and stuff. And, but it's very natural. It isn't like, it isn't sort of clownish like a lot of character actors would do. Like, if with, when, they, when they're playing the tough, tough, broad role, she just, or, or that, you know, the heavy, you know, like the mom and goonies or something. She, she, like, That you know, in this, she goes back and forth from being like a full grown woman to like being like a little, like little girl face, too. And it's just, it's just amazing. She and Rory Calhoun are having a just a hoot with this. They must have been. That's why Hero was saying, like, it's kind of long, but I was thinking. They just didn't want to cut anything out of this because they were probably having... There was probably so much fun. Now I'll read a story about it, and it was hell on set. But like, it yeah. looked like they were having a riot.
1: Oh, yeah. It really does. I mean, and, and you know... but in, and, and again, there's, there's only so many main characters. There's a lot of secondary characters. A lot of people that show up for one or two scenes.
2: Oh, yeah! It's
1: really just, <laughs> you know, Vincent and Ida, and then Terry... You know, Nina Axelrod, who is, you know, uh, you know in, in typical, you know, crap movie fashion, she is married to uh, Robert Jaffe, who was the writer. Right. So that that's how that works, you know, and then you True. get, um, you know, and then you get the other brother. You get, uh, you know, you get Sheriff Bruce, Paul Link, you know, uh, you might remember him from Chips, which is pretty much the only thing I knew him from. But you, know, but, you know, so it's, it's, it, it, there's, there's it, and thing it, it has the, even the credits say like featuring, it's like, it's a TV show with this we yeah. have a good, great TV show. You know, it's every week somebody else rolls in, you know, and uh, what's on the menu tonight? You know, well, they, they, they a did, Canadian they, guy they did it's things Canadian that bacon, TV shows
2: that kind of did too. Like the, the copyright on it at the beginning over the title credits is perfectly centered on the bottom like a TV, like I was like, this is how they do credits on a, on a, yeah, on a TV show. I would love, I would love a Netflix motel hell.
1: It's the right time for it. All that, all that stuff's coming back. I mean, uh, you know, as I say, depending on what, what, you know, what's the traits or the nationality of the person they kill, that's what's on the menu. Oh my God. You got like two McKenzie boys riding through and then it's Canadian bacon. <laughs> well, it, could, it, it still could there's be. A, there's a tour. There's a tour group from Germany, and suddenly it's Oktoberfest.
2: Yeah, you know? but let, let Luke I mean, let's Uderbran. not just, let's not get nationalities all in this. It could be class too, because you could get a yeah. poor boy sandwich.
1: Uh-huh. That's exactly right. <laughs> yeah. Or maybe maybe there's some like hoity-toity folks, and suddenly it's Oysters Rockefeller. Or exactly. <laughs> <No. Yes. laughs> I, I mean, The shit writes itself, man. I mean, <laughs> it <on>. certainly does. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh man. Well.
1: As an aside, Paul Link was in Big Bad Mama, but not, I don't think, Big Bad Mama 2. So, you know, you do with that what you will. But, um, <laughs> no, but like I said it, this, this one, for, to me, this was one that I, when I did the original list of the VHS uh, horror rack hangers on, this was not on the list of the original, like the original 10 or whatever that I made. But this one was on the extended list because, again, it, it's, it's such an 80s movie in so many ways. The title, the, like said, the, the the, the, box art, all of that makes it work so well. And it was just a joy to watch. It really was. Every, like you say, yeah. everyone looks like they're having fun. Every time Rory Calhoun or um, Nancy Parsons is, is on screen, they are just engrossing. Their characters... As two character actors, they do such a great job embodying those characters. You know, we you really believe Vincent and Ida, you know, and even Nina Axelrod, and she she only did a few acting roles. Um, she actually works in casting, is what she does now. So she's been doing a casting. She's been doing casting direction since the 90s, evidently, according to her uh, media page. But even she is believable as you know the naive little girl and. You know that that she kind of falls for the the simple down home charms of Vincent, which is kind of that that's kind of nuts. That whole thing.
2: Well, her but, boy, her boyfriend in the movie is kind of a it seems to be kind of a, like kind of like too old for her and kind of creepy and scuzzy too. You know, he's a biker, yeah. and so yeah, she's got definitely got like she's got her daddy issues.
1: <laughs> but then, like, you know, then, then Paul Link it's like it's it's like you're, you know you know the thing you're everybody's a your hero of their own story yeah bruce definitely thinks he is the hero of the story <laughs> and he's fucking not
2: so. <laughs> no he's the biggest doofus ever i it, but i love it how they like routinely take him from from menacing to doofus and back and forth and back and forth and you're wondering how like you're wondering when are are they going to tip their hat and show that the sheriff's in on it too and all this. But like, that. and then, you know, there was one time when he was like, hey, you're the one of the biggest cannibals of all. And I'm like, okay, we're good. But no, he is still just like the sheriff and sort of takes his jobs. You know, he isn't rounding up meat for him like you think that it's going to turn out. He's just kind (laughs) of dopey. And like... And it's funny because she just totally rejects him but the minute that like Farmer Vincent goes sour she's just like Bruce Bruce yeah. total that's total like horror movie Stockholm syndrome um trope another 80s trope that like it still happens in movies but in the 80s it was in almost every movie the uh the ranting preacher on TV, and they had yes. two different. Ran- they had the one guy who i who I'm sure had something to do with the production or something because he he didn't seem like a pro, and then they had Wolfman Jack as yes. the other preacher. I love the scene where Wolfman Jack confiscates the hustler yeah. <laughs> and and just picks it up by the t- little teeny corner of the of the magazine. and they both know what's going on that Wolfman Jack is just. Taking his hustler, and he's just like, I'll, I'll, I'll dispose of this properly. You took it from a kid, huh? Okay.
0: Yeah.
2: <laughs> and then he's talking and looking down at it. It was just a nice little, nice little. Scene. Wolfman Jack's a good actor. He just never gets a chance to. He only got a chance to really, as far as I know, really do it. Get a really good scene, acting wise. You know, like script wise in American Graffiti.
1: Up. Yeah, no. Wolfman Jack is is very good in this, and again, when when he it's one where you kind of wish there was more of it to it, but in the role that he plays, he's so he's so good at it. Well, at the same time, I don't I don't. Part of me is glad that Wolfman Jack doesn't get ended up, you know, planted in the ground and a tube shoved in his head. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, yeah. it would have been really friggin' hilarious. It would
2: have been that. great, <laughs> especially so, yeah. since you'd have no voice in it. would just have to go like. Aah!
0: <laughs>
2: <laughs> and then, the, like at the end, have him, you know, like a, a post scene of him talking through one of those, like, our voice box, like, I'm back on here.
3: <laughs> one of the things Luke mentioned uh, was the the pig head that, uh, that Vincent wears, right, with the chainsaw, yep. um, which obviously we know has uh, reared its head again more recently um the reason why that kind of i mean besides the fact that obviously we we've seen it come up again in uh the saw movies uh, it actually was on the cover of fangoria which is crazy i'm that's it's it's i'm i remember that cover um but i was looking it was actually on made the cover of fangoria um and then the the oh boy hang on not, now my brain's not working um the, oh, United Artists, when they were trying to market the movie, decided instead of trying to push the fact that it was a black comedy, like, pushed it like it was a straight horror movie, but then decided somewhere to leave on the poster, you might just die laughing. Like, I... Yeah. I I'm just saying, quality control. They're not exactly up to par at uh, at UA. Um, so, just throwing it out there. But, yeah, but the cover, this may... I'm trying to remember it's 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 I'm trying to remember what else is on the cover at that Fangoria but it's definitely him with the the pig head on um, but it's it's pretty not to say famous but it's it's pretty well out there for a Fangoria cover. So
1: it, it, it's a great image,
3: right? Yeah.
1: With the pig head and the chainsaw, I mean again yeah. it looks like it's from especially especially looking at it I think in in today's context, right? You know, post saw but not just post saw, but post the the whole, you know, animal head mask thing, you know. Post Mister like, Bean
2: just... Thanksgiving special.
1: Well, <laughs> I'm I'm also I'm also thinking, and I think Jay and Hero may know where I'm going with this. Like like post Eric Rowan in the yeah. uh, you know the, the 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 Wyatt family that kind yeah. of thing where it's a that's the backwoods hillbilly thing with the the animal mask on that on a, on a guy that you know it's clearly just some guy that's deranged like that. It's a great look, and it's a cool scene, and it looks like it should be something from, like, Texas Chainsaw 2, right? Something, yeah. from something a bit more serious than it is, but okay. it works because it's still perfect for the character in that scene, and it's a very striking visual image of, of him in the mask with the chainsaw. And again, in, in a, this, this is six years after Texas Chainsaw, but it, we're not at Texas Chainsaw 2 yet. Yeah, It so definitely the evokes purpose. that sort of, especially the meatpacking imagery of the pig head.
3: Okay, so I found the cover. Um, it's him in the in the coveralls. It's, it's with the giant chainsaw. This hundred. If you didn't know better, you would hundred percent think this is text Chainsaw Massacre stuff. It's issue yeah. number nine of Fangoria at an astounding cost of $1.95. Oh man, good old days. It says uh, win a howling T-shirt. Special preview: the howling. Then it has uh, he knows you're alone. Uh, plus Terror Train, Kirby's Thundar, and more, Motel Hell, Beauty and the Beast with chainsaws, and then up top, The Elephant Man, uh, and then Progress on Conan. Wow, this is taking you way back. A lot of shit in this issue. Yeah. Uh, so.
1: Uh, I'm I'm about to get pretty local here. Jay, talking about the Elephant
3: Man, all I can think is Kudak. Right. Oh God. I Well, then his foot got friggin' jammed under the steering wheel, and he <laughs> backed over everyone's stuff. He almost <laughs> killed Sam. Oh, God.
1: Oh, bad Those promo. of you who are listening, we're sorry. That's all I
3: can say. Yeah.
1: I
2: thought but you anyway. were talking about some local celebrity at first, like no, no. commercials and stuff. It's like, oh, no, this is just their friend who almost killed him.
3: No, it's not a no. friend.
1: Not a friend. That's not a friend. Not a friend at all. Almost <laughs> choked. <laughs> Fuck that guy. Yeah. He almost well, no, he did. He did almost. He did almost run over several people in the parking lot when his uh, his false leg got jammed on the accelerator of his car. Back enough. The- <laughs> uh, I would. I would like to state for the record. I swear to God, I am not making this up because no, I witnessed. Not- I saw it
3: happen in front of me. <laughs> I grabbed somebody as he's coming. I pulled someone out of the way. He ran over bags. He hit bags and stuff, and it jumped the curb. Oh, it was a. Fucking disaster! That he managed to not nail anybody uh, with the car or another car. It was actually it it was insane. Um, But yeah, so yeah.
1: Who you talking? Yeah, those were the days. But in any event, um, no. And but you know we talked about it. The 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 parade of people that all come through Greenville is it's so wonderful, isn't it? You know. (laughs) <laughs> I mean, just the yes, the the bit you don't know. No, no. Somebody, one of you guys do uh Here are Chris. You mentioned it, the band, <laughs> Ivan and the Terribles, which is a great name for a band. Their song wasn't too
2: bad. Their song they were listening to, which I guess was their, I'm guessing, was their own song. It's not too bad.
1: Yeah. I, I was digging it. I mean, my my kids and I play a game where
2: it was you know, better than you them. ate out my
0: soul. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
1: My kids and I play a game where we identify, you know, phrases or, or or you know, labels that could be a good band name. You know, Ivan and the Terribles is a great band name. Yes, it is. That. And like yes, you said, hey is. man, we're gonna we're gonna find some place to crash right before they crash.
2: Well, it was 1980, That's- so it was the only thing that they got wrong is they were were they were in their rolling joints, weren't they? A punk, any punk rock band worth their salt in 1980 wasn't rolling joints. They spit on joints. They they were like. They would have been back there. Well, they said they were taking Reds, and Reds, that's that's a little late late for nineteen eighty, but then again they were in America. That would have been yeah, but but that's the thing is a British guy made this movie. And you know what? I love when British people try to do like horror. I'm trying to think of what the other... there was another movie that was very Americana, but it was a British director. Oh, it was um or very American, which was uh Candyman, right? The original Candyman yes. was a British guy. And like, this, I mean, because, the, the, just the, I mean, like, I wondered about Wolfman Jack, and then it sank in about ten minutes ago after, from the, the beginning when you mentioned it was a British director, that he was just like, you know, I'm gonna lampoon slash, you know, make this American culture. He probably was like, and like, um, Alex Cox, who did repo man you know mm, yeah. and and so they take have this take of a foreigner in america but at the same time he's like I'll get Rory Calhoun he's a very american actor who else <laughs> wolfman jack has got to be in it got to have wolfman jack and lots of neon like we'll make all the titles in neon so future. much
0: friggin'
2: neon Woo. neon 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 everything's everything's lit in gaudy red and blue which i love i love oh, yes. movies lit like this and filmed like this and uh and he did all these shots where you could tell they had a circular set and they just had the camera in the middle as a character would run go through the set like in the meat house and the smoke house and stuff and all these like great circular shots where everything was lit really just beautifully and and you know when you start paying attention the the set design was oh magnificent more it's more American than like something American directors (laughs) would do it's just it's just beautiful they were sort of like this twisted American gothic couple
1: yep and the, 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 as I said, the yeah. poster art evokes American Gothic to that extent, mm-hmm. and and it's it's a great it's it's a great uh, callback, right? It's a great not you no know, because everybody knows American Gothic, right? I, I mean, sure. that's that's such a you know. So it's a, it to, to use that imagery to is perfect for it again, especially considering the subject matter. Uh, but beyond the band, you know, we do get you know um, we get. Um, terry and uh and her her boyfriend beau who uh is, is they're the on the the couple on the motorcycle, and you know they get taken kit- they taken out there that's that's pretty good I do like we get the two the two ladies that obviously were out there working the ski slope <laughs> as it were as know? it were and there's a whole little story going on there that we never find out, yep, you know, which I love that you know yes like you know <laughs>
2: It reminded me in a weird way of the first the the first of the new Halloween movies with the kid and his father talking in the car and just having this like nuanced non horror movie conversation, you know, yeah. in, in the car. <laughs> and there's yeah there's was like from a whole different they were driving out of a whole different kind of exploitation movie yes into a a completely different they were going from jiggling their boobs in the snow to getting their getting their vocal cords cut out and planted in the ground and
3: well they had to move all the cows out of the way that's the big problem. all these fucking
0: cows
2: they look kind of weird. They look, but I like that because they're like, she's like, they look. They they actually did what real people would do. Like those cow, those cows look, you know, just like your your brain trying to, you know, wrap itself around why there's fake cows in the road.
1: <laughs> just
3: hit them. I'm not hitting them. You hit. Them.
1: <laughs> yeah, I just, yeah, we've all had that conversation.
0: You don't want to. I, do, you don't do. You I, don't hit a cow. You, you're going to lose that every time.
3: Yep. Again, not, not to go super local, uh, but there was a time when I was I had to pick up Luke, and we we're coming home um, from his ex, well, his girlfriend at the Times house, who lived down the road from my girlfriend at the Times house, and we're coming and there's fu- someone put fucking rocks on the road, yes. on this little tiny road, and there's nowhere to turn around. And I'm like, what the fuck do we do? And I'm like, I don't know, get out, move me. He goes, not get out. I'm like, I'm driving the car. So it got right up onto the rocks. Luke jumped out, moved the one rock out of the way so we can get through. Fucking turns out, uh, found out years later, that the assholes who put the rocks in the road because they thought it was really funny was one of our other friends. Yes. who neither one of us dated, but we were good friends with their family and spent many a holiday and stuff there. In fact, we would celebrate yeah, she, Thanksgiving.
1: Let's just say, yeah, she really wanted to date one of us. I'm not sure that she was particularly concerned which one of us it she was. Whoa. Whoa. Right. She wanted one of us. Let's just leave it at that.
2: She had Jack and Eddie on the mind, yeah.
1: Whoa. Hey, well. Jack, you yeah. never go back. Everybody knows yeah. that.
3: <laughs> Well, the thing is, I mean, just to be blatantly honest, it turned out years later. She's like, I oh, and they were, they were really either drunk or high or both, and they thought it would be yeah. really funny. And I was like, "Are you fucking assholes? We're the ones that had a movie." She goes, well, What's the possibility of that, that happening? I go,
1: go, "I don't know."
3: Hundred percent, clearly. Like, like, yes, yes, obviously it's a hundred percent because it did happen. <laughs> like, you know? She goes, "Why? Well, I figured. I don't know. It would be fun. I'm like. We were, were you waiting because I look Luke's like someone's gonna wait to jump us, and that's literally what we thought was gonna happen. Or it right? was
2: Listen, gonna be a bunch of kids like around the corner watching and then be like Brah! and run away or something. But no, yeah.
3: No, yes. The 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 fact that this road had no lights on it, it was the the road got real narrow. It was it really this looked like a kill zone, like perfectly. Yeah. But I was oh, ready yeah. towards
1: kill zone, please.
3: I mean I, I could see Luke the whole time and whatever was happening, I was ready to hit whoever it was. With the car, the 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 red super <laughs> hatchback was ready to be used as my fucking um, you know Death Race Five Thousand machine. You know, I'll be I, I could be Doctor Frankenstein or whatever. He, he, right? is that isn't that Death Race Five Thousand or whatever. Um,
1: Death Race Two Thousand, yeah, Two
3: Thousand, <laughs> not Five Thousand. Fuck it, wait it's way too much. Two Thousand, let's go. That's Power Man Five Thousand. You're thinking Power man it. Five Thousand, yeah. I, I, it's all the fucking chemo. Did you know Power
1: well, Man Five Thousand put out like seventeen albums? That's that's yep. like 817 too many. <laughs> just, do you know the that Mrs. Zombie I, must be so proud of her two boys, I, Robin Pat. I know, man.
3: right? <laughs> I, I told that to Kelly, and she's like, really? And then, of course, they mentioned it on Octane. And Haley goes, huh, that's really weird. And I go, why? She goes, I don't know. I just never thought those people were related to each other. Because why would my daughter, who had never heard of these people until I put them on the radio and think of who they were, but I was like, man, those must be really weird conversations at Thanksgiving. Like, I don't know, Rob. Why? Why? I was like, <laughs> asshole, man. So, well, we're on those sharing Rob, they're trying to keep the peace. So yeah, yeah share, you know, Sherry is
1: there, and she's got like some kind of like a tofu vegetarian turkey or something, and she's doing her best, but it's like you uh, know, the boys
3: just want to fight. But... The, the, best, the best part is, this, not to get too far off field here. The best part is, I saw a picture, um, and it which it's Sherry Moon Zombie something. It's, it's one of the things, whatever. And she's clearly in a target, and I'm looking at the target going, I think that's the one in Bethel, because which, again, <laughs> Because they do have a house in Connecticut and course, yes. shot at, the, at the Bethel target because our buddy John has run into her there and then fanboyed out. So, um, it's just like, she was looking at lamps and he goes over, he's looking at lamps. He's like, he's like, how's it going? And he's looking and she's kind of like waiting for him to be like, you know, weird about it. And he's just looking at it. He goes, okay. And he's trying to. He's just trying to act cool, but it's like he really had to make sure it was really sharing. And she 100% looks exactly like you think she would. Um, You know. So
2: So, since we're sharing teenage stories, I got one that that tangentially... Yours was moving moving something out of the road. Mine's similar to another aspect of that story where we had a bridge that we could... It was right off a of, it was right on a main road, but we would we would jump off the bridge into the water because we knew it was super deep there and it was quote unquote safe, although many people have died jumping off that bridge. Oh, Jesus. And one day one of my friends just was like, did it. He's like, I'm gonna do a cannonball. And he does this gigantic cannonball. And when he went under the water, the water just turned blood red, like oh, no. this mm. bloom of blood uh, red. And like we're like, oh, fuck. And he comes up. He had jumped into a submerged dead cow. Oh. And it just, expl- oh. it just exploded oh. underneath oh, God. him. That's and he was okay, high. but he was all like.
1: He, he wasn't like, okay.
2: Well, he's he not had, a, oh no, hand. he was he was <laughs> not okay. He was, spit, it, pff, he pff, was, was uninjured <laughs> and screaming, and we pulled him out and he had like we just we were like, okay, he's like I only got a few scratches, I'll be fine. But he ended up on antibiotics for a long time because oh, scratches so. were so like Wait, horrifyingly hey, infected.
3: Antibiotics is one thing. He's in and, and therapy and, <laughs> and <laughs> nobody got
2: therapy in my town. That was just <laughs> <late>. <laughs> <laughs> That became like his defining epic story that he told everybody. Water
1: cow can't hurt you. Water cow is not
3: real. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my God, he jumped into an exploding cow. A dead cow that had
2: probably been under there for quite a long time because it was soft. soft. It was soft. (laughs) It just blew up when he hit it.
1: Oh, I up my mouth. Fuck. Oh.
2: But just the moment of adrenaline for all of us up at top when you see your friend go underwater and then you just see like jaws like
1: a pool of blood. blood.
2: <laughs> but well, the blood came sort of rushing up from down underwater. So there's my cow story. So we got moving stuff out of the road and a cow story. So we covered both aspects of that.
1: Oh, my God. Oh, my God.
2: Yeah, that I mean, there's probably still kids in that town that are like 15 years old. And then there was a guy who jumped through the dead cow. They still talk uh,
0: about the dead cow.
2: They still t- that it's such a small town that like they still talk about everything that everybody did that was cool ever. In <laughs> I heard so many distorted stories of kids that were you know five years older than me that like, yeah.
1: Oh <laughs> God. Jump, how do you think, think jumping into a dead cow? Weird, wild stuff. Oh, <laughs> it's a good thing you're drunk, Ed.
3: Too drunk to feel pain, sir.
2: If we could, if we could have just waited forty years, we could have had it all on our self cell phone footage of it too. <laughs> uh,
1: yeah, I could just see that. Hey, uh, hey, everyone, this is Chris Honeywell, and welcome to Jackass.
0: Damn. <laughs> oh
1: boy. <laughs> but yeah but any, anyway with, with motel i mean it's this you know it, it's weird because this uh, the other thing that's got me thinking about was like the horror comedies right and you know in the 80s i sound like adam goldberg back in the 80s you know and it's uh, you, you i tend to think anyway the horror comedies like the the bigger ones right you know ghostbusters was kind of the one the mm-hmm. big money one the a-list one but they had gremlins you had critters you know some of the other gremlins rip-offs
2: Critters How was
1: our right, right? I like Critters. I'm a big Critters, fan of Critters but, from, from yeah, Channel well, well, 11 that, back the, in the day. The, the that was a, that is... was a reliable, reliable Channel 11 movie, Critters. And then Critters 2, The Main course, was a reliable HBO movie for a while there as well. Yeah, well, I'm a big fan of those. But this one is, is one to me that it doesn't always get mentioned in that same vein because it's little because it's different, right? It's a bit more horror, it's not so. It's a bit more subtle in some ways with the comedy aspects. It's very funny. I found this movie extremely funny while watching it for oh, a yeah. podcast. But, you know, it's, it's, it does lean a bit more into the horror side of it. So I just wanted to get you guys' thoughts on this as, as, a, as a 80s horror comedy relative to the kind of the rest of how that genre is perceived.
3: Well, well you curious. know, this wasn't supposed to be a comedy. Right. Just throwing it out there. Originally, this was supposed to be a straight up horror movie, and Toby Hooper was actually originally attached to direct it. Oh, Jesus. And what that happened makes so was. so much sense. Then they, they started kind of like the script and stuff like They were like, okay. And they said, well, it's kind of quirky. And what happened was, uh, I want to see with Universal. So I could be wrong. Let me look at the X. I can tell you exactly who it was. Um, they, had, they had kind of said, well, we don't know. It's kind of quirky, kind of whatever. And Toby Hooper said, fuck you. I'm out. Um, I mean, he might not have said "fuck you," but it's Toby Hooper, and I've seen interviews with him. He tends to say things like that. The same way, he also had said that he once was in the middle of a Sears, and there were so many people around that he wanted to grab a chainsaw and just cut them all apart. And then we got text chain saw massacre. Yeah, it was your
1: Can't blame him there. Toby
3: Hooper was originally going to direct the movie for Universal when the studio bought at The kind of uh, bizarre project hooper departed that's much nicer i like the idea that he said go fuck yourselves um yes so what happened was originally this was more of a straight-up horror but the idea was still and not as funny that he was they were in the ground all the the kind of the basic concept of the movie was exactly the same it just it was done more straight i honestly i don't know if this movie works as a straight move you know what i'm saying I it, think could, he-
2: I, it could, I don't think it would be, it would be, I would be like, you know, this is a very inventive horror movie because it's got like all these, uh, it's even got like a, a, towards the end, it's got a zombie movie element to it.
0: Yeah, for a hot stuff. second.
2: But, but, uh, but the, co- I mean, that, the thing is, it's such a ridiculous concept and uh, although Texas Chainsaw Massacre probably wouldn't work out in reality either and it was hyper-realistic sort of in that like hyper real style but i i don't think it would have been as entertaining as this that that put an extra layer to it and the comedy wasn't was was well done and it was maybe it was because there was a british you know it had it was it wasn't too dry but it was dry enough and when it let itself get goofy, it was in an appropriate moment like the very end using I mean you know his 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 last line about the preservatives is just brilliant yeah. gold gold yeah. and it's hilarious and and that and that's and that and I mean that's a comedy line but it's all uh, it's just it's perfectly done they like it at, at the hands of a like really good director it could probably be a, a straight comedy and be scary but just the idea you know i mean this one can dispense with stuff like you know how can you catch that many people and stuff this guy just goes to this guy whenever he wants to go to the road he just goes to the road and grabs the most like dregs of society you know it's ridiculous but yeah. they just don't they don't bother to like you know, he just does it you know and it makes it it makes it funnier but it's not funny in a in in like um um herbert west type of way you know that that sort of way it's 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 a drier, more it's yeah i was surprised well, how little gore there was it, it definitely earned its r rating in nudity
3: yeah well because nudity's free um you, you have to pay no, for nudity, it. nudity costs you about 50 bucks but when you're a <laughs> right, uh, right. screenwriter <laughs> 50
1: yeah, bucks, you're not. over it's pretty, 27 bucks and a half sandwich from Craft Services. I'm good to go. Full frontal, you want, baby. You, that's it. You, again, shout out again to Grumman. You want both halves of that 50? You know, that's how you get it done.
3: <laughs> <you> know, <so. laughs> well, all, all I was say is I don't know how well this works. It's a straight-up horror movie. It's too close to Texas Chainsaw uh, Year uh, by way of years. People would, of course, and if Toby Hooper's connected, people, of course, uh, c- you know, compare it to Texas Chainsaw. I mean, if you remember, uh, what is it, Eaten Alive? Is that the yeah. one with the hotel with the? That's that. Well, I
1: always get this one and Eating alive mixed yeah. as an aside. I so, always do.
3: Eating alive is a Toby Hooper movie, right? right. So, so you can have another Toby Hooper movie, but a hotel where it's where it's just it's just it's like you took two different Toby Hooper movies and mashed them together. Like it it didn't it wouldn't have worked. And and the reality of the fact that Texas Chainsaw was still not was still too close. And we aren't in the middle of the sea. This is 1980. We're not in the middle of the slasher boom, like we haven't. We've had we've had Halloween, and and well, depending on when this came out, we're talking about having uh, Friday the 13th. But we don't have all the Friday the 13th sequels yet. We don't have all the other slasher movies that started coming out, and in, in, you know at the right like, prom night, and like like um, you know I've got now I'm blanking the other ones, but like all the other Any ones that them, even. Yeah kind of start no but you make the the first ones all kind of were like you know it's more serious but then you started getting into the less serious ones it's like you know it's it's like you can get to Texas Chainsaw Massacre Massacre 2 is 86 that movie is certainly not nearly as serious as Texas Chainsaw Massacre not even close no No,
2: definitely I, I think it was definitely like I think that like a lot of movie I I There's a uh, local guy here who writes, well, he wrote in the 90s dime novels and stuff, and they were great. They were exploitation horror novels, but but he was like a really funny, weird guy, so they had a really twisted edge to him, but then when I was watching Motel Hell, I'm like, this guy got all... This guy saw Motel Hell when he was in 1980 when he was probably like 19 years old and like and all his books have the same sort of dynamic, and th- I think I mean I th- this movie is so far ahead of its time for the way it deploys its humor and its over the topness, and uh, yeah, I, I I think this was a big influence, but it might not have been like as much on the the viewers as other filmmakers.
3: Yeah, all I'm just all yeah. I was yeah. saying is. I totally see that. Um, uh, what was I going to say? All I was going to say is that, like, since we aren't in that, like, since we're not in the boom, uh, you know, like the, the, the boom period of like the, uh, you know, the slasher movies, so, because then you would get parody in yourself and stuff like that. Right. You could see them saying, okay, well, this is kind of like a send up to whatever. But it's not. Like, we're not there yet. So it works really well in that pre era. Like that, there, like there were movies inspired by Motel Hell, and the way Motel Hell is kind of done inspired. Again, maybe not as much as like you know, like obviously Halloween and Friday the Thirteenth and whatever. But there were those kind of um, horror, those slasher kind of ones that were sillier. Like that kind of had this not silly. I shouldn't say silly. That kind of had more humor aspects to them that were influenced by this. You know, kind of thing. This and obviously, um, you know, the insanity you had with like um, um, Evil Dead. There's just a crazy. I mean, Evil Dead, the first Evil Dead is serious movie. but like, you get to Evil Dead Two, and it's serious, yeah. but fucking zany ass shit in there. Yeah, you know kind of things. So, but that's what I'm saying is y- y- the same way that you would have. But let's face it, Reanimator could have been a hundred percent serious. Reanimator works so much better because it's not. Like there's silly things in Reanimator that make it like okay that's that's just funny, but it's like it's at no point is it a comedy. Like well, I mean,
2: I, it, I think with like Reanimator and Return of the Living Dead they were able to get away with so much more gore because they were being funny, you know, than they probably could have gotten <laughs> away with if they just tried to make it as a horror movie and they would have had to like you know cut and cut and cut to avoid necks. I'm sure they had to cut and cut and cut, but like. The comedy aspect takes a enough of the edge out of like incredible disembowelments and stuff, you know, to like it's like a thrill ride, you know.
3: Yeah. Well, and and part of it though too, um, and and this is this is the the key of this thing, is that um, when when you think about like I mean, because again, I am sure there are a lot of people who maybe have have seen the cover to Motel Hell or. Or, what, or seen it listed on the thing of movies or whatever, and, and have never seen it, right? Or have seen little bits or pieces here or there, because this is the perfect kind of movie and uh, for, like, um, Joe Bob's Brig drive-in, like, kind of thing. I'm, yeah. I'm sure yeah. I'm sure he's done this, right? I'm sure this movie's been on. It used to be on, um, um fuck, Monster Vision, right? Was that what it was called on yes. TNT? Yep. This is the perfect kind of movie for that. Right? I mean there's there's some nudity, so you gotta like kind of blur shit. But like this is on USA up all night. This is on that's, like yeah, that's
1: this, the other one I remember was up
3: all night. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. with with either with Ron Gilbert, Gilbert Sheer, Godfrey, baby. or, or, or Gilbert, Gilbert Godfrey. Gilbert Godfrey, either one of them. Uh it's Gilbert Godfrey, yeah. You know, kind of thing, and you're just like, that that's a weird difference than Von Deschir. Um, but you know, kind of thing. <laughs> saying, but that's exactly what I'm saying. That's the idea. Like these things were it, it fits. It's such a weird movie that if you ever truly saw it, you would remember it. But like, it's one of those movies that I'm sure a lot of people are like. I think I've seen it. Right? They've seen a piece of it. It's like um, there's a movie Luke and I've talked about doing on the on uh, bots, bugs, bugs, and babes. Um, it's uh, um, the Hollywood t- chainsaw hookers, right? Yep. Where they have they like they have a chainsaw fight in that movie.
2: Fred Olin Ray.
3: Yeah. Well, Ray, the, yeah. We all know why they have a chainsaw fight in that movie because it's like, it's a chainsaw fight with like a woman who she was, well, she's, she's not wearing a bikini. The, 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 the poster art shows a bikini. She's naked. and they're having a naked chainsaw fight and she's having, two cha- like why? Because Tess chainsaw massacre inspired all that shit.
2: Yeah.
3: Right. And it works so well as parody at times. And it works well here. Um, I mean, let's face it. The chainsaw he has in his hand, that is not a small-ass chain. I mean, he's no. using this stuff. But when he has the pig head on and the giant chainsaw, like, okay. It, the only thing probably more on point would be Driller Killer, for Christ's sake. Which, yes. by the way, is that not what Driller
1: pick. Killer or um, on point, uh, Silver eh? Party Massacre.
3: Yeah, or Silver Party Massacre. I'm saying it's like, Driller Killer is not worth your time uh, to waste your time watching. It's, it has a reputation for fuck all or nothing. Um, kind of. Th- it was a video nasty, though. But I'm just saying, it's Motel Hell. It, it has this, this kind of. It it fits in this weird time before horror became parody and before it became box office. But it was still, you know, post TCM, post Halloween. You're 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 out of the '70s and then the, the nihilism. there I mean, it's. For fuck's sake, it's made the same year as Maniac. For Christ's sake.
1: Well, the thing also to remember with this oh. that, I, that I found interesting was that, and and you you kind of uh, gotten this is what I think what you're saying here. This movie is self-aware. Before that was cool. Yeah, right?
2: yeah. It's it's so aware of the
1: fact that that you're in a, a a horror movie before that was a thing. So, you know, I'm not I'm not saying that Scream started that, but that was the popular conception, right? Was that Scream creates that idea for a lot of people. You know, good, bad, or otherwise. Scream, Scream just brought another layer a of, of
2: self-awareness have... to it. It brought a self-awareness of the self-awareness to it. You know, and yeah. just...
1: But, but this film, but Motel Hell understands that it's a horror movie and yep. kind of leans into that and, and is, is better for it because it, it allows it to make fun of those tropes. When Ida sneaks up on bruce and we all we know about bruce is that he's the sheriff and what we know about ida is that she's okay with her brother you know trapping and killing people you know it plays with that idea that oh she's gonna kill the sheriff or she's gonna do it and it's her yeah. brother and it's like okay well you could see a big sister doing that to her dorky little brother especially somebody like ida and bruce right so it's like it's it's in on the joke and that, I think, was, was, in 1980, that was so ahead of the curve Yep. that it, it really does make a, you know, it, it, it's very, like you say, you, uh, Chris, you would thought this was made later. I could easily see you make that, make that uh, connection, make that thought, because it does play itself like a, a, a later film with some of the way that it handles that. And yep. so I, that was the thing that, that really stood out to me, is that, oh, it, it's, it's the idea of a self-aware, you know, you know black comedy horror movie. It's like this was not something that was created in the nineties. It just gets credit for it. You yeah.
3: know. Yeah. Well, and the other thing too is when you think about the self-aware, um self-aware became a right, like like I mean, I understand like I mean screen kind of took this that could have to the forefront of everything. Let's be blatantly honest here. Um but it you had to have already lived through the the um our boon of the 80s like it scream doesn't exist be, until you already have the whole the slasher cycle running its core. um there's a god damn i cannot remember the name of it um but there's there's a book and then there's uh it's not the rise and fall of the slasher it is a book and there's a documentary about it it's all about like the rise and fall of slasher movies and not the fall into say, but they, they get to scream and they're like, this is why this exists because you've gone so far with what you can do. This is before all that. And it's like, wow, like how did someone think of this before that, before you were, you know, like it's, it's, it's like the guy, it's like the guy who's like, you know what plastics and then you're like, and then plastic becomes the thing, right? You know, they, like who has that idea first? And let alone a British guy who made the land of time forgot the people of the time forgot at the earth's core, Warlords of the Deep slash Atlantis. Those well, by the way, we were arguing about that. They're both in the movie, isn't it? That's exactly the exact same movie. Yeah. Uh, and there's also the why because they changed the title. Not, not to get too off field, War Gods of the Deep was the Vincent Price movie, and they changed Warlords of Atlantis to Warlords of the Deep to try to tie it together. I don't know why, but both titles are together in there. Either way... The Land
2: the Time Forgot was like a holy grail when I was a little kid. I wanted to see that movie so bad because I'd gotten the like Marvel... Marvel, It was like a Marvel magazine adaptation of it. And I'd read it and I was like, holy shit, this is insane. And then when (laughs) I finally got to see the movie, it was like literally like rubber... Rubber ter- pterodactyls on ropes, and and uh, the the tyrannosaurus was just like a rubber head that they would dip down onto people's heads, but in the comic it was I was just like holy shit this movie's got to be insane.
3: You know what I like <laughs> but the about production
2: that? value on this movie is wonderful. The cinematography yes. is is beautiful. Um, the direction is the everything. It has a real like sheen, you know, professional sheen to it. Maybe it was because he didn't have to do dinosaurs and stuff, and <laughs> it was really just a few sets, it's, you know. It's
3: different. It's okay. So, in all fairness, yeah, hold on,
1: uh, hold on, one second before we, before we transition off of that. Can I just say I love that young Chris Honeywell is so fascinated with the Marvel movie magazine of the land that time forgot that he wants to see the movie, never thinks to go to his library and read the fucking book. Oh, I read the book, too. Okay, I just want to put that out there, because that, that is a Chris Honeywell, or, you know, that's a two-two-free sort of thing. And I read it
2: from the local library. I read it from the, the middle school library. It was, it was ah, either middle school or elementary school when I was going through all those books. But, like, <laughs> that, my favorite of all of them was A Mysterious Island.
3: Oh, yeah, that's classic yeah well it, and also in all fairness there too uh in the book they don't mention the rubber dinosaurs just throw it <laughs> at, yeah. the right. upon me, but he was rubbery that motherfucker <laughs> you know, I right? mean <laughs> by,
2: by that age I'd always known that the book was better than the movie but I didn't understand that the comic could look better than the movie <laughs> you know? I was just like if they show if they show this thing leaping out of the water and, and grabbing someone off a sub that's what they that's they they probably saw the movie and draw drew it from the movie. That's what I just figured.
3: Well, there was the there was the the comic book that was illustrated, but there's also look what's that thing called the the one. No, with that
1: the, I think we're talking about the same thing. It's the Marvel movie magazine of the land that time forgot. But Wasn't there half upstairs? Were, it's oh. a magazine size. It's in black and white. It because was I, like heard... it was
2: like half like about the you know production you know the yes, half like magazine exactly right. style exactly. yes.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So, and, uh, see, I remember, I remember not, um, I think it might have been you and Scott, uh, Chris, talking about this on some episode of, of, of Comics comments. Monthly Monday back in the day, yeah. talking about that specific one. And I remember saying, I have that. And Scott being like, how the hell do you have that? And I'm like, well, my brother and I had it and I inherited it. And so there it is. And I still had mine. <laughs> and then a few years ago, uh, mm-hmm. Was it American? I think American Mythology. Yes, American, no. Yeah, American Mythology, because they have the license to Edgar Rice Burroughs to do comics. They reprinted it in comic format instead of magazine format. And I remember again having the discussion with Scott Gardner, where he said, "Well, is it just the, the the strip, or does it have the other stuff?" And it was only the strip; it didn't have oh. all that uh, the the making of and all the other the other articles, the magazine articles in it. He's like, "Well, that's cool, but I'd rather have the whole thing." And I agree. If you could, if you could have reprinted the whole yeah. thing, but apparently I guess it was a rights issue for doing the other material in it or whatever, but
2: Marvel yes, was I, on, I just, I just Marvel wanted to make that comment. I'm,
1: I'm glad you were reading Burroughs as a, as a middle schooler. That's, that's a good it, call. Bur- good
2: job. Burroughs and Vern and HG Wells. I was just like going like almost alternating. my parents got me like the collected works of HG Wells. It was one of those books, you know, you see on sale at the mm-hmm. just giant fair. volume yeah. of HG Wells. And then I burned through that and I'm like, what else is like HG Wells, Jules Verne. And then, jules verne and yeah and just sort of yeah
1: i was i was pretty similar i didn't i didn't read burroughs until i was older but i definitely read a lot of wells and, and verne as a, as a young man
2: yeah i, I think i yeah burroughs i definitely if i'd started i probably wouldn't have gotten into burroughs if i tried to start it like at the same time i started like jules verne and and stuff like that it's i mean burroughs seemed to be writing to to like you know, not an adult who's looking for a sophisticated, you know, super sophisticated reading experience, but an adult, like, but whereas Jules Verne and H.G. Wells, like, wanted wanted it for the adults, too, but it was, they were sort of, like, felt more like kids' stories to me, maybe because I was kid reading. Burroughs was definitely a little hornier.
1: <laughs> yes, Burroughs was definitely hornier. So, so much If you horny. read the uh, Pellucidar, the Pellucidar books. He always has to pair his hero up with sub, with a with a with a girl in the Pellucidar books, for sure. Um, so stay tuned for you know our our spinoff podcast from from Vern to Burroughs, an adventure reading literary podcast coming soon well, to this
3: very network. Just to that real quick is that if for those of you who are interested in that stuff, I'm trying to remember which which um, vol, um, um issue it was, but uh, um, um, uh, John Lemay who has been on. Uh, Bugs and Babes a number of times, he has a whole thing about it's whatever one is the it's on the cover, uh, A Land of Time Forgot's on the cover, it's like a movie Milestones, something like that or it might have been in the Lost Film, or one of those, his his uh, magazine uh, you know, f- fanzines he puts out, kind of yeah, thing no, like, where no, it's whatever, one of his magazine formats it's yeah. Digest, yeah. Um, and he literally talks all about the three you know, the Land of Time Forgot the people of Time Forgotten, at the Earth's core he talks about all three of them, then he talks about uh war, war warlords of atlantis uh but he also talks about the unmade and one of the issues they talk about the unmade pellucid are like movies that they planned all these things they were all supposed to have it is they just, they just uh, amicus was out of money like it just wasn't going to happen she's weren't going to have these things but they literally had all these things planned and they have the scripts for them and the whole time so it would have made sense to be the real trilogy yeah
1: Right. Which well, I the thing, think... especially with Pellucidar, because At The Year's Core, the way At The Year's Core, the book, ends, leads directly into the sequel. Right. But right? well, so because is the movie. it's all about David Inez saying, well, I've got, I've, yeah. I'm, prep, I'm prepared and I'm going back. Yeah. So that, that's what you do. Now, the movie doesn't end that way. The movie ends oh. without that epilogue. But it's, a, it's, not a, it's not a logical leap to say that if you make At The Year's Core, Pellucidar is the next story,
3: right? So The whole point was they were saying is at the end of At The Year's Core... When he because he, he goes back to oh sorry. Spoiler alert for a sixty fucking year old movie. Um, he gets up to the surface, right? That literally when they get there, he can go back. He's his whole idea is to go back right. and you know, like there's gotta be this. Like they're gonna they're gonna go back in and literally explore all this stuff. That's where the next movie was going, and that's where pollution are. was. Well
1: be. I'm saying it, yeah, and in, as it in and again for an even older book, the you know, he goes back, he he, he goes to leave with Diane the Beautiful, and they end up taking the, the body of the dead Mayhar instead, yep. because Huja uh, the Sly One switches the, the packages out, and they get to the surface and immediately he's saying, well, Professor Perry and I have gathered all of our books and all of our material, we're going back into the Iron Mole to go liberate the humans from the Mayhars in Pellucidar, and I can go be reunited with Diane the Beautiful. So even Burroughs was like, dude, if you if you want to pay me, I'll write another one.
3: You yeah, <laughs> is it is it what he called? Um, isn't it do, doesn't doesn't the professor stay behind in the movie? I'm trying to remember, I I can't remember Peter Cushing. Uh, I don't remember. Might be it's right. I wish it,
1: I'd I'd say I it haven't seen breath. I haven't seen At the Earth's Core since I watched The Misty. To be fair, so it's it, been it's been a couple of years since yeah. I watched uh, The Amicus At the Earth's Core. By the way,
3: for those of you who've never seen At the Earth's Core, The Misty of At the Earth's Core. Well worth the watch. It's oh pretty my deep. god, just Jug McClure eating the
1: entire time. Well that- <laughs> I,
2: uh, oh. 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 I had a garage sale oh. score of all these old Super 8, you know, the Super 8 versions that they used to sell at the back of Famous Monsters of all the movies, and yes. the score was one of them that I used to have. and I re- I, I got a lot of money for them, but I regret so badly getting, getting rid of them. I still have a couple of them. But like, oh my god, so many like classic monster movies and the the art for at the Earth's Core on the little little Super 8 box was so beautiful. <laughs> Four color drawing. It was so great.
1: Uh, <laughs> but uh so getting back to At the Earth's Core, we were talking about kind of the oddballs that run into this town. And you know, Hero, you made reference to this. The swingers. Oh, Which is- yeah, of course, it's right? how did we Great forget- little vignette, yeah, but- isn't it? It's it's brilliant. Yeah,
2: I didn't <laughs> know they were swingers at first. I thought he was just like creepy, but then it, and then I was like, oh my god, this is totally like eating Raoul. This is like that. I and but that's an, that was that's another thing. A British guy's like, what's going on in America right now? Swinging, and it's always like some really dumb beautiful sort of beautiful bubble head blonde and then some really sleazy guy and they were and they were great and i love and but the uh the sister was sort of checking out the <laughs> the bubble i thinking like oh maybe yeah because remember they yeah, had I a mean, the hustler too yeah and yeah, uh, yeah, that's right. i just reading the hustler also so
1: i'm sure i did get it for the
2: yeah, yeah so i, I love they just have all these little things. Ida might be a lesbian, or like who, you know. They probably weren't like an incestuous brother and sister, because then they, then you would have had like the mutant baby, or so, you know, you would have had. Junior but she's clearly
1: jealous of Terry.
2: Oh, yeah, for sure. But that could be just because, you know, she doesn't want anybody. She wants to be heir yeah. to the meat fortune.
1: <laughs> well, that or even or that, you know, that, that Terry is, you know, Terry's not good enough for her brother. It could be a, a, a that,
2: know, too. A, yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
3: Just sensei sort that. of thing, too. You know, where, where in the, yeah. where else I mean, would but, you. But say the, say the, the line when. Sorry, I just was saying, where yeah. else in the world? could you, Where else in the world? Could you come up with the line heir to the meat fortune? <laughs> Just throw it to the
1: meat of fortune. I mean, that's like, uh, yeah. But uh, you know, that's. I mean, it, it's the the line that I loved in this is with the swingers when they're tying them up, and they're getting all excited. Oh wait, and and uh, you know, she goes, "Oh, is this doggy style? No, ma'am, hog." <laughs> <laughs>
2: And she's just thing. like, "Oh, okay." Yeah. <laughs> and then, then they're just like, can, can you put could you put your arms behind your back?" "Oh, sure, sure." <laughs> his smile, the smile on his face when when he comes in, it's just it's just awesome.
3: <laughs> yeah, well.
2: And then when they come out of the ground, he's still in his weird little like See-through yes. plastic tutu. This
0: is my sex
1: suit. <laughs> yeah, it's, yeah, it, it reminded me a
2: little bit. Remember the movie Foul Play, with when, when Dudley Moore was like the conductor, but uh-huh. like you know, he invites her back to his hotel room, and like the blow up dolls flying out of his his folding bed, and
1: <laughs> they're called fetishes for a reason. That's all I'm going to say on that. Not
2: one, only right? does he have a blow up doll, but he's got a blow up doll full of helium.
1: <laughs> that makes it better. Yeah, everybody knows that. Well, then
2: you can, then you can, then you can suck the, suck the helium Careful.
1: out and pretend to be yeah. a, a high pitched. <laughs> I'm a dirty, dirty boy. <laughs> Mister Fry, is this where you sleep, sleep and eat? <laughs>
3: <laughs> oh. But unlike a explain lot of that. horror movies,
2: another thing I loved about this is this guy He's just the to it's it's not like the Texas Chainsaw Massacre where it's just a death pit of though there's there's body parts but everything is sort of laid out well. All his all his farm equipment is painted a bright jaunty yellow and is in very good shape and well-kept the grounds are well-kept and and well, he
3: takes fine what he does yeah yeah it, but that's just usually 100. not what you see and
2: usually they try to set the tone by having it be just like you know an abattoir of blood and 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 stuff but this is him like on his yellow tractor you know with the yellow wheel I got yellow wheels I paid it every year it's 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 wonderful
1: I love the big auger, by the way. Yeah, you mentioned, you mentioned Driller Killer, and we're talking about Silver Party Massacre. Uh, for, you, for you folks out there, you want to feel really powerful, go down to your local home improvement store and rent a handheld auger, okay? I had to rent one of these. We were putting in clotheslines, and I had to auger the hole to get the clotheslines down deep enough to set them. You want to you feel like a real man? Hook one of these bad boys up, you know, and just Just drive it down into the ground. Bore it it into Mother
0: Earth. I've only used them on ice for ice fishing, so. There you go. It's, you get, yeah, it's fun.
2: I've used a jackhammer before, but that probably is not as, it's not as satisfying a thing as just like going (laughs) ground into the ground.
1: Oh boy. So this, this episode brought to you by Lowe's, your home improvement. Uh, <laughs>
3: <laughs> Just make sure you don't shake hands with danger. Oh, so shake, shake hands with, hands with danger. danger. Okay. <laughs> so there was something the other day. I don't remember what it was. I have no idea what it was on, but I said, Oh my God, this is like shake hands for danger. And it was like, it was like, like a thing about safety, but I'm like, Oh my God, shake hands with danger. And Haley knew exactly what I was talking about, but it was like really poorly done. Like, oh, I don't yeah. mean poorly acted. It was like, I think it was like kind of supposed to be animated, but it was like shittily done animated. I'm like, <laughs> look, if you want to d- just get people and say, don't do, and then fill in whatever the fuck it was. Right? Don't do but, what
1: Donnie don't does. Everybody. Yeah. <laughs>
3: well, I'm just saying, whatever it was, but it was like it was like something about. It, it, I don't know. It wasn't. It wasn't like. I mean, Shake Hands with Danger is, is very hard to watch sometimes. Uh, even though it's very funny when they riff it. Uh, it's still like, God, dude, why would you put your hand there? Like, how no. is Oh, I'm bleeding. You know,
1: kind of no, I, I tell you what, what what's, what's, what's very telling is when people online will share a horrific industrial accident and then say, oh my God, that's so funny. It's like clearly you work in an office or like a retail yeah. outlet. Or something
2: yes. Because
1: yeah. you don't know what actual fucking horror is on a job site, yeah. dude, if you shared this and laughed over it. So yeah. there was there was a story this week that was I won't get into it because I read it, I saw the headline and then read the story and I'm like, What the actual fuck? It's like, how awful is this? And people are like, Oh man, that's funny. I'm like, You fucktards. So I was like, I oh so yes, I, I I have a hard time with shake hands.
2: Oh, was that. it that one where oh um
1: the ca- oh, the, the whole town!
2: The whole town carried that dead guy through town and then put him through the the grinder at the at the dump. No,
1: no, that was a different thing. That, <laughs> that, different... that... that that's another that one that's got People pissed off. That's a different. Yeah, that that's a,
2: <laughs> a different viral video. Yeah,
1: but hey, yeah. you know, you do what you got to do with that kind of. Stuff. It's Illinois, you know, whatever. It's <laughs> like <laughs> yeah, well, it's like I I, I okay. made a joke one time. About the state of Ohio, and now like my my older boy is is references it a lot. I'm like fuck, you know. Now I got to deal with that for the rest of my life. (laughs) Apologies to my any had to be a joker state of Ohio. Uh, Well, okay. Uh, For for the for the purposes of completeness, the joke was it was on Ohio State fans. It's like look at these Ohio State fans cheering that their team won. At the end of the day, they're still in Ohio. Have they really won anything? I think Professor that's Allen might had
3: something to say to
1: you. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's kind of an OSU
3: dig. That's different. Yeah. Uh,
1: but it's also in uh, the state of
3: Ohio, right? So. It is. Yeah, I guess yeah. so. And it's so, not different. Hand in hand. <laughs> anyway, um, yeah. Uh, so yeah, I mean, I, I I I wasn't trying to say shake hands with danger is funny. It is yes. a it, the movie the 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 short itself, but like when they're the riff is funny. The riff of it is hilarious. But, yes. But when you're watching this, you're like, oh my god, don't put your hand! Like you just want to scream at the screen. Don't put your hand there, or like don't. don't it's not locked off. Make sure it's locked out. Make yeah, sure it's, it's like not locked like, out, like, tagged out, man. What the hell yeah. are you doing?
1: No,
2: that's that's where like I mean I mean we had we had lots of like Future Farmers of America always every year would show the kids who are in future farmers of America like of a video of uh you know farm accidents and, and yeah. but this was, it was a vi- it was a slideshow so it was pictures of real sli- of real farm yeah, accidents real which horror. are of yeah. course it like horrific dude horrific no. in a Rube goldberg sort of way too but like and but like shake hands with danger is one of those ones where it's made well enough that it it goes into the Land of life. It's that's why it has so much life. Is it? You know, very rarely. You know, the most successful thing for a movie to do is to do what it sets out to do, and this one does it in in spades. It, you know, it is really going to make you like more likely to be sharp in a in a factory. Even if you don't work in a factory, even if you walk twenty. Twenty yards from a factory, you're gonna be watching your arms and your your loose garments and shit. After watching that movie,
3: you can like I I literally work in a school, dude. Like I I don't work anywhere near like these right. Things. Like <laughs> and like people will say to me, Jay, you're not gonna really like reach into the coffee machine, are you? I'm like, then no, there's no rollers here, right? <laughs> there's, like they're like, what do you mean? I go, I don't have a tie on. I'm reaching and, and like there's been times <laughs> I'm reaching the machine and like i'm like okay that's hot whatever like they're like what are you doing because they they have in their head like a scene of like the, the 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 printer grabbing me and sucking me into the machine i go it's not gonna yank me the, i'm not reaching yeah. into something no. So no, the, in,
2: in reality like the the printer would grab if any if any kind of thing on the printer like grabbed your tie the printer would probably just start lifting up into the air towards your chest, and then oh, sit no. halfway up, going rrr, 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 while you went like son of a
1: bitch. I this is the same the same printer that can't handle paper.
3: Yeah, a, paper. Yeah, it's, it's going to handle a tie. It up. Yeah. <laughs> Look, I didn't say it was, but at least I was happy that someone was concerned about my safety. Yeah. Uh, You're just kicking a, back broth, you know that <laughs> kind of thing. I think there was beef broth in there. <laughs> you can't handle broth. Um, no, but in reality is, like, you know, I mean, because they've seen me. They've walked into the thing, and I've been um, um, you know, upside down in the copy machine with a butter knife in my hand, because that's the only tool we had. <laughs> I'm jamming shit from there. Um, is the old thing, you know, tools of the trade. And it's a it's a, it's a dulled out steak knife, a butter knife, and a spatula. That's all we had. And we the hot to dig up the paper tip. And we, we lo- loved it.
1: We loved <laughs> 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 it We didn't
3: have we no it out the fancy tools and
1: things. <laughs> Oh, oh, we had a like butter a knife that was worn fits, down man. from jamming it into machinery every day trying not to get electrocuted as we desperately tried to make our money so we could feed our starving kids. I, I, I Germany, G, look at me! <laughs> look
2: at you kids. I bet you haven't even been through five ties yet. Do you oh. know how
3: many? Oh, my Let's God. Let's take my our favorite.
2: hats off to all the ties we've lost in the... Yeah, great,
3: machine. Great guy, oh, copying but... machine battles. <laughs> mm. Oh, God. I thought I almost peed myself there. It was funny as hell. <laughs> <laughs> That's fun right there. I don't care who you are. That's fun right there. you. Are. That's funny right there. But what do you? I'm hotel folks. Go. I'm, getting, to I'm,
1: I'm the... getting
2: old enough where I'm going to be podcasting, and I'll just be talking away, and I'll go. I almost peed myself there just <laughs> just now. Yes,
0: sir. Oh God.
1: Yeah. Anyway. Uh so yeah, so, so more- I, I was gonna oh. say I watched this mm-hmm. on Pluto TV because I'm yep. cheap. It is also available on Tubi TV, uh, but Pluto yep. plays at Pluto will play at my on my work network and Tubi won't, so I watch on Pluto if I have to. Uh Jay, I'm sure I'm sure this is on Shout Factory or Vinegar Syndrome or one of those outfits,
3: right? Yep. Okay, so Shout Factory owns it. Uh, Owns their distribution rights for Shout factory. It is not on Shout factory TV. Currently they cycle their movies on and off So you kind of catch it during the year, but there is a special edition blu-ray, which I own uh, which is I think the cleanest this movies ever it probably looked it probably looks cleaner on that Blu-ray than it did when they filmed it like literally impossible. impossible I'm just saying is unless you had really good eyes back then you probably probably cleaner
2: the, the print i was watching was was ripped off the blu-ray and it was just i mean gorgeous like when you say, you know you know like when you see the credits and they're just like crisp yep crisp.
3: Yep.
0: yeah
3: yeah so i'm just saying is so well worth your time if you if you can check it out um if if you don't own the blu-ray uh i would again the blu-ray can run anywhere from and if you're into reflect blu-rays you might have it already what will often happen is um, Shout Factory runs their sale at Halloween. They run a sale usually at the end of the year, stuff like that. They run sales where, they, where they, you can buy stuff and it's like half price and stuff. The Where where I got mine, honestly, was on Amazon. They will run sales right around like pre-Black Friday, kind of into Christmas. I know because a lot of times when I was sitting at like Sloan Kettering, I'm trying to kill time waiting for my scans. I'm on Amazon just banging around kind of thing. Um They'll do their three their three for two sale and they will often do a blu-ray three for two at near closer to the end of the year i have scored some of the best collector's edition shout factory two disc sets with this with the 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 or whatever and because you're like okay but jay this one's 1999 and this one's 1999 i go yeah but i found a third one for 1999 so i got 60 dollars worth of blu-rays for 40 And that's a better deal than you would have got when they were fifteen dollars a piece. Plus, plus, I'm getting prime shipping, so I'm just saying that's how I managed to pick up Motel Hell. I picked up uh, even ones like they'll do Vestron, which is how you get your War uh, Warlock and like Wishmaster and stuff like that. Like, so you just gotta kind of look for the if you're into physical media. But the Blu-ray set is outstanding, and it's and I tell you, I cannot imagine. And I'm not saying they're not going to do a 4K, but I can't imagine how much better a restoration the 4K can look from what they what's here. I think it's because yeah. you're limited by what you have, you know? Yeah, at a
0: certain point,
3: there's only so much you can do with these yeah, things. Right, yeah. I,
2: I almost, yeah, with something that looks like this, I almost don't want it to be too perfect. You know, I like it with a little bit of fuzz and grain to it. So at least I feel like I'm in a, in a
3: drive-in. But my whole thing is, though, that is honestly, Chris and Luke can attest to this. When for years I had seen, uh, we had seen, um, the hills have eyes, and yeah. literally there were scenes that I didn't know people. You can't
2: see what's going on. Oh God! Yeah. The
3: original DVD of that is garbage. Well, right, well, right, right. But then, but then, what happened was like we, it was the old VHS and stuff because horrible. Then they put out the DVD. Um, the collector who put that out anchor bay anchor Anchor bay Bay yeah yeah, with with the gloss with with the shiny cover and everything and all of a sudden i go holy shit there's people in this scene because you you didn't know there was more than one person because they don't talk you can see it you're like you can finally see them then the blu-ray came out and i'm like holy crap there's colors in this scene (laughs) i'm just like because that's the problem is like it was so and I, i i understand like uh, the limitations and all that stuff, I get all that. But it's like things that are murky and and dark and whatever f- on purpose. I I'm fine with when it's just the way uh, the or the like the way the image looks and it shouldn't look that way. It's it's not say infuriating, but like it's like I'd like to see what I'm looking at. Yeah, you know, kind of, yeah, you yeah. know. Like, um, I
2: would want to take. I would want to take that that because like. That stuff that's super, you know, when you get to the like, you know, just super fixed-up Blu-ray, you know, remastered and stuff like that, it's more like when you're watching it on your your TV, it's more like you're watch you're watching the actual piece of film, that's yes. being backlit. Yeah. But like when you would see it, in the, when you'd see Motel Hell when it came out in the movie or like in a drive-in or something, you're seeing a project. So I would almost want to take like my Blu-ray stuff. And then just have a nice projector and project it just enough so it's because that sharpness is also there to like sort of, you know, account for the the degree of softness it's going to get by being projected and all that. And yeah, with, with movies like this that are all like, I want to see everything, but I like them a little, you know, I want them to be clear, but like just that, that, that murkiness adds to the atmosphere of it to me.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: But this the I mean the 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 level of clearness on what I was watching was definitely not too much. It it still it it, it had that that feel to it. I think it's gonna have it just with the neon lighting everywhere. Mm. Love it. And so many people do their student films with that neon lighting and it looks terrible. But when you do when you get it right, it looks just it's just so warm and Layered, I uh, love it.
1: Yep, like I said, it's what the hell's out there for your free consumption. It's uh, easily easy to find, easy to watch. It's a lot of fun. Just you know, this is one I say. Just get a get a you know get one of your favorite beverages and a big thing of smoked meat. Yes, just, yeah. uh, sit down and have fun. That's what I
0: say. I've had my eyes on you forever. And I still can't believe just what I see Your face is like the morning sunshine As it says it's welcome out to me I was so blinded by your beauty That I didn't think to real how when you said you want to serve me, that it might just lead to my demise. You're eating out my heart and soul, babe. You're feasting on my better side. Who well, Thought you'd be this way, girl. You never know what a pretty
1: face can hide. Visit our website at 2TrueFreaks.com. 2TrueFreaks is always spelled T W O T R U E F R E
2: A K S. You can email 2TrueFreaks directly at 2TrueFreaks at gmail.com.
0: Pick and poke smokehouse. We croak em, poke 'em and smoke em. You can't beat our meat, but you can sure as hell eat it. Nothing goes to waste. We serve everything from snout to where it comes out. We rub it, pull it, beat it, and heat it. You'll squeal like your dinner when we fill your trough with a steaming pile of one of the smartest critters on earth. Bring the young We'll give them our favorite pork duck egg. A gum licking suckling pig stuffed with a real duckling that's stuffed with a boiled egg. Ned Bailey's Piggy Pope is located in the DeMonzaville Pine Barrens and is only accessible by canoe. But ding diddly dang doodly doo, it's worth the trip. Tuesday nights are banjo karaoke and Friday night is date night. So bring them saggy drawers and them pretty mouths down to Ned Bailey's Piggy Pope. Where you can get a poke and a squeal and a damn good meal. Please use canoes responsibly and always wear a life preserver.